1: Well, the way I've always looked at everything is uh, at the moment, whoever gives us the best chance to win is going to be playing, if that's your question. And that's every position at that moment who gives us the best chance to win. And that's there's an incredible amount of urgency. i told our players that all due respect, the four or five, six-year plans, that's not the plan at all. It's, the plan is to try to do the very best we can to win. Every time we line up, you try to win.
2: Urban Meyer bringing in his guys to try to win. Right away No wrong play here for Urban Meyer You get the sense that he wants to come in right away Make a splash And make an impact Austin Lane here, ESPN 690, Action Sports Jacks. Brent Martin will be right back He's shooting a little video right now um, it's, it's the big question Going around right now Vegas has a cornerback Being the favorite for the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, To take a pick number 33 um, it, it begs the question You know is that the right decision? Um, you know, I think you can go back and forth with Christian Barmore a little bit. We kind of, you know, we kind of discussed that through our last segment. Keep this in mind, though, if you're a Jaguars fan right now. Odds are that you trust Urban Meyer. Okay, so if you trust Urban Meyer, well, guess who Urban Meyer trusts? Charlie Strong. Um, Charlie Strong, and when, and when he was announced, you know, day one, Urban Meyer made a point to say Charlie Strong is essentially the Number two of the Jacksonville Jaguars In terms of you know coaching decisions Okay so if he's the number two And Urban Meyer obviously Trusts Charlie Strong If Charlie Strong says no at Christian Barmore number 33 I think you gotta buy into that Then now I don't know Christian Barmore personally is there Some off the field issues of where he's Dropping maybe some more reports will come out There Um, I think a lot of people Had him going in the first round if not like Early early in the second round but Charlie Strong spent a lot of time around him, being, you know, a senior, uh I think it was like a senior defensive personnel in Alabama. So nobody knows Charlie Strong better on this team. Oh, I'm sorry, n- nobody knows Christian Barmer better on this team than Charlie Strong. So if Charlie Strong says no at 33, I then I guess we got to trust him. Trevon Merrick, though, is different to me. Trevon Merrick, once again, a guy who... I thought was going first round. I thought it was it was a no-brainer at first round, falls to your lap at pick number 33. And and Brent set this up for me a little bit. You know, he chalked it up for me. You know, what benefit do you take by taking, you know, Trevon Merrick over a guy like Tyson Campbell or, or, or Samuel Jr., something like that, the cornerback position? And once again, I go back to the 3-4 defense of, of what Joe Cullen has told us so far. Now, I don't know the zone schemes. I don't know what type of blitz is. I, I really don't know what this 3-4 defense is going to look like. We'll find that out more towards training camp and when I see it with my own eyes. But what I do know is that a 3-4 defense is predicated on confusion, on making that offensive line guess, on making that quarterback look twice and may have to audible out some things. And when you do that, It starts with the defensive line, obviously, and Urban Meyer alluded to this. But it also helps. If you truly want to run that 3-4 defense, it helps to have a safety where you can do a lot of things with, who's versatile. That's why I've been such a big proponent of Trevon Merrick, because I've I've checked the film, all right, I've watched the tape, as they say, and I've seen this guy go man-to-man at a tight end. I've seen this guy line up in the slot and shut a slot receiver down. Okay, I've I've seen him on the outside take a receiver man-on-man. He's done all these things. So when you talk about the transition and his style from the college level to the pro level, it's tailor-made for a 3-4 defense. It's tailor-made to go, hey, you know what, man? Maybe we're playing against a good tight end. Can you take a man-to-man? Perfect. Now let's go ahead and worry about the wide receivers on the other side, and let's shut those guys down. That that is so much more than a luxury. And once again, Jared Wilson, fantastic safety, right? Uh, I think in Jacksonville, um, if you watched any of last season, there wasn't too many times where you're pulling your hair out over Jared Wilson. There's not too many times where you're asking Jared Wilson, what was that, right? So he is, you know, he is a steady player. You like what you have in the secondary with a Jared Wilson, but once again. If the draft was made to upgrade positions, well, then I feel like Merrick could upgrade that position, and now you have somebody who's dynamic, who you can get the full versatility of a 3-4 defense. And like I said, I don't know what it's going to look like. I have no idea. But I do know when you bring in a guy like Bob Sutton, who ran a 3-4 defense in Kansas City, who a defense that I played in, 280 pounds, I tried to make it work to the best of my abilities. But when you do that, that defense in Kansas City... It ran through Eric Berry, okay? And Eric Berry, once again, it comes down to versatility. If you got to cover Gronk, Eric Berry did it. you got to fill the run, Eric Berry did it. If you got a slot receiver who could be a game-breaker, guess who's going to cover him? Eric Berry. Now, Chavon Merrick is nowhere even close yet to be an anointed in the next Eric Berry. But I'm just saying, from what I've seen on film, we're a guy that can do a lot of different things. That's what you want out of a 3-4 defense and a 3-4 safety playing center field.
0: I like it. You've been passionate about that and and the kind of role a guy like Merritt could play and be a playmaker in that position. That's the only way you do it, right? It's kind of like I said about the offense. If you're going to get an offensive player, well, then make sure that offensive player is going to change your offense and be dynamic and make defenses really change what they're doing and how they game plan for you. Well, if you're going to upgrade that safety spot, Upgrade it not to just a solid player a little bit better player than Jared Wilson, but a playmaking type of player that you could see making Pro Bowls. If that guy's out there, those guys are tough to get in center field. So I could see the value of Merrick taking place. Hey, we're going to get to more about what the Jags are going to do, because how much better can they get tonight is a sincere question. I really think these three picks, uh, maybe in conjunction with ETN, outside of Lawrence, are what makes this speed up. The process of getting better, quicker go is right here. 25 last night, these three picks today. If you do well here, you can turn this thing quicker. Look at the teams that have really hit in their first and second rounds. The San Francisco's of the world that were able to flip it. Well, those players played very well for them, and so can you do that? Well, tonight is a big night for Trent Baalke, Urban Meyer, Shad Khan to try to get this thing going in the fast lane rather than just a gradual uh, back to relevancy for this franchise. But let's talk about the first round anyway, everywhere else. Quarterbacks, <laughs> yeah. Trey Lance, we were right about Trey Lance. We Mac Jones goes 15. Yeah. Is everybody in the world now scared Belichick got a quarterback, even if it's Mac Jones?
2: Listen, it was my prediction that New England would be the first team to trade up to get a quarterback. Well, Mac Jones ends up just falling right in Bill, Belichick hand, in Bill Belichick's hands. Um, they, I mean, for what they do, and I get it, they had Cam Newton last year, and we saw what that looked like. Cam Newton wasn't at his best, might be on the back nine of his career. But with what they've had with Tom Brady the past, whatever, decade and a half, it seems like, Mac Jones was tailor-made to be a New England Patriot, right? And and when you add weapons already, when we in terms of the tight end, and John U. Smith and Hunter Henry, um, I think it's a match made in heaven. It begs the question, does he come right away and, and become the day one starter? I doubt it. I think they rolled Cam Newton in the beginning um, to get Mac Jones a little more comfortable. But... You know, accuracy is a thing that we don't talk about a lot in terms of NFL quarterbacks. We always talk about mobility and and playmaking ability and improv and all this stuff. Don't get it twisted. Accuracy is still a very important thing. And
0: in a Josh McDaniels defense of what he's accustomed to running, accuracy is everything. Mac Jones, by the way, congratulations to him. That's a really cool story. Going 15 to the Patriots, what an organization he gets to go join. And the hometown kid, I, I really like these stories. And... We've said it countless times. I like Mac's story because he came from nowhere. I mean, this day and age, if you're not kind of like this star, kind of like Trevor Lawrence, right, in yeah. eighth grade, in ninth grade, you're like, well, where does this guy come from? Well, that was the case with, with Mac. Now, people who know him close, and he was always very good. But in terms of everybody knowing him, wasn't the case. It took till his junior year of summer, really, for them to be like, whoa, who is this guy? He's starting to rise. Kentucky offers him. Alabama offers him. Why is he going to Alabama? Well, Heisman conversation, national champion, and a first-round draft pick. Nobody saw that coming. Uh, His family might have, his friends might have, but nobody in the outside world saw that coming some five, six years ago. And here he is. So it's a credit to him. It's an awesome story. I think it's a great story for kids to see that just keep grinding, keep living the dream. And now we'll see how good of a quarterback he can be in the NFL. He's not going to be probably the day one starter. I think Cam Newton will have that role for now. But he's going to have to hold off uh, Mac Jones.
2: But isn't it kind of... Just, isn't it storytelling 101, though? When you look at what Tom Brady, when was really thriving, when he had those two tight end sets with Aaron Hernandez and Rob Gronkowski, and, you know, they had okay wide receivers. You look at what they have right now, obviously, with John New Smith and Hunter Henry, and they got Nelson Aguilar, um, you know, and a pretty solid running game with Sony Michelle and James White. Like, there's a lot of similarities, let's just say, and once again. Not really to call Mac Jones the next Tom Brady. Obviously, you've got to earn that. But there's a lot of similarities with how this team is constructed and what they have at their personnel where you could compare a little bit of that with what Brady had back in the day when he was
0: really firing all cylinders. So Mac Jones goes to the Patriots. Do you feel like, uh, kind of what I said, is this, oh, oh, man, the Patriots, they lucked into a quarterback. We thought five quarterbacks (laughs) might be off the board. They didn't even have to move. They sat Uh and waited. they they got a guy who many people thought could be the third overall pick or the fourth overall pick. It, It seems like a heck of a value pick for the Patriots just based on the narratives out there. Although you start to ask yourself if the Patriots did not take him. Let's just say at this moment they didn't take him. Maybe Washington takes him. I'm not sure who else does. It could have been a a fall almost to the end of the first round where somebody would have traded up to kind of go get him. So I think that part's interesting. We thought Mac Jones would be a very um, fascinating player to watch in this draft, and I believe he was. But the Patriots fall into Mac Jones at 15. They don't have to move at all. Is this just the Patriots hitting the jackpot? Uh, Is the the AFC East on alert now? Is the AFC on alert? The league on alert with Belichick? You know what? I I think, first of all, I think
2: the the division has to be on alert first and foremost. Now, keep in mind, you still have the Buffalo Bills playing a very high-caliber brand of football. So I think they're still the favorites. But, you know, and I talk about this all the time with the New England Patriots. They always seem to have a plan, right? Like it's uh, Hannibal and the A-team. We always got a plan, right? Well, that's what Bill Belichick feels like. When they brought back Cam Newton, that didn't seem like the plan to me. Because I look at the resume from last year, I was like, you bring back Cam Newton and he's going to lead him again? I get it, you had tight ends and all this stuff, but are you that confident in Cam Newton? So you felt like in the back of your mind there was a plan. Well, as this draft shook out a little bit and the Bears tried to, to get Justin Fields mm-hmm. and Mac Jones was sitting right there, I was like, well, man, maybe New England better trade up to get Mac Jones because if he's gone, then what's the plan? Is Cam Newton truly the plan? I'm not sure how Bill Belichick would feel about that. So, you know, we didn't see an aggressive brand of a of, of, of draft from the New England Patriots so far because essentially Mac Jones fell to them. But once again, I think it's an example of the rich get richer because they needed that to happen. And lo and behold, the Patriots way. It happened.
0: Bigger winner. The Patriots get Mac Jones or the ability for Chicago to trade up and land Justin Fields? Ooh, that's a great question. You know
2: what? I think from the organizational standpoint, you have to go with the Bears here. Now, do they give up a lot? Absolutely, but you got Ryan Pace on literally his last leg there at that organization, um, and, and one couldn't know, argue if Matt Nagy is on his last leg as well. They, they needed a flash in the pan. They need to make something happen, because what do you got right now? Mitch Strabisky, Nick Foles, Andy Dalton. I, I get it. You said Andy Dalton was QB1. How'd that reaction go on on social media? Not too good for the Chicago Bears. So I felt like I like the Bears a little better just because you got to risk it for the Biscuits sometimes, as I, as I always say. And they definitely did that with Justin Fields, and I think they got
0: a great one. Yeah, I think it was a brilliant move by Chicago to get up there, uh, if not just to save face at the quarterback position. Yeah. But seriously, once Fields falls out of the top ten... That's where you look to move, in my opinion. When someone falls out of the top ten, especially if you're in the back a little bit, like at 20 where they were, uh, if the Patriots had to move up a couple spots, if Washington had to move a couple spots, even if it wasn't a quarterback. Like I said, the Jags at 25, go ahead and move up if you feel a player dropped out of the top ten or is now available at 13, 14, 15, say a Devontae Smith or something like that. So I really think the ability to move up in that spot was smart. And I do think, listen, I'm going to stay solid here, okay? I'm I'm not going to be a hypocrite just because the narrative has changed. I think Justin Fields is going to be a good football player in the NFL. Yeah, now, Where you end up is so important. Can they build around him? Can they do the right things? They have been an off-and-on kind of franchise the last decade. They've had a couple of moments, and then they've had a couple of head-scratchers. So what they do around him what pace does can they save their jobs and, and yeah. now build a run around Justin Fields we'll see sure. uh, but i do think fields pretty good and i think chicago i i kind of agree with you i think chicago won it 's a bigger winner, I think both are winners, Patriots yes. Chicago, but I think Chicago is a bigger winner here because they had to
2: They had to do something, like listen, all due respect to Andy Dalton, but how confident are you rolling him out there, especially when your jobs are on the line? like you get the sense that front office for the Chicago Bears they're like the prize fighter that's on their last leg, right, like you draft Kevin White, How did that work out? You drafted Leonard Floyd, how did that work out? You obviously give up all the capital to get a guy in Mitch Trubisky who you took over guys like Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. So you're on your last leg right now. You're getting ready to go down, and you throw one last haymaker and say, hey, you know what? Here we go. All the chips are in. Justin Fields save my job. That's what it seems like from uh, at least Ryan Pace and probably Matt Nagy as well.
0: Yeah, uh, look at the rest of the uh, AFC South, and obviously Quiddy Pay falls to 22. I think the Titans did good work there. They got a little fortunate, in my opinion. That's a guy who many people thought could be a top 15 pick. Mm -hmm. Their defense has struggled uh, to generate pass rush. Quiddy Pay is a big win for the Titans, who, again, with the Colts, are certainly the favorites and have the upper hands in the AFC South. I think Quiddy Pay... Uh, is uh, is a nice win for the Titans. Unfortunately,
2: no. Yeah. <laughs> well, no. Uh, Pay went to the Colts.
0: Oh, did he go twenty-one?
2: Yeah, he, I keep he, he went to, no, no, no. I, I, I get what you're saying. So Quiddy Pay went to the Colts, and then the other dude went to. Uh, um, you're thinking of Russo No, not Russo.
0: Um, uh, Philip. No, Phillips went eighteen in Miami. I was live right there on TV as this is all going down. Remind me uh, who uh, the Titans? So the Colts, then the Colts win the day with with pay to get yeah. that kind of value.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the, the Titans got the dude from Notre Dame. Um, I believe right <laughs> uh, as I'm looking at it. Uh, uh, no, dude. Hello, you watched
0: the draft. Yeah, I was no,
2: the the, 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 Titans, the Titans drafted Caleb Barley. Hello. The, he, oh, he, he the guy the from Virginia Tech, who you know he's got the oh, bad. By the issues. way, another helper though. Yeah, and, and by the way, a little disrespectful to my guy at LSU, who I you know hold very highly at the cornerback position, who I had last year, uh, the cornerback from LSU. Yes,
0: uh, uh, Christian. Christian Fulton. Uh, Fulton.
2: Yeah, so a little disrespectful to Christian Fulton. Not sure what they're thinking about there, but yeah,
0: so they get Caleb Farley, Quiddie Pay goes to Indianapolis, you know. So then Indy, by the way, wins it because they already yes. got a good defense and yeah. now they add and I think they got tremendous value with Quiddy Pay.
2: Well, and keep in mind they lost Justin Houston who is kind of a you know, a, a, a stable guy there in terms of their pass rush. They lose Justin Houston, he's in free agency right now, so you replace him with Quiddy Pay. Yeah, Quiddy Pay is a guy where if he gets the right coaching, um, if he gets the right technique, could be and I, I hate
0: to say it, but he could be a monster in the division for a long time to come. I feel like the Colts already are pretty good. Obviously, the Titans are already pretty good, so they get better on defense while the Jags are trying to get better on offense. It's an interesting dynamic in the AFC South to keep an eye on the rest of this draft, of course. Uh, But the the Titans needed to get some help defensively. They would be okay trying to generate more pass rush, too, because that's been an issue. Although they addressed it in free agency already. But uh, it's the Titans and the Colts right now in the AFC. Jags are playing catch-up. But here's what I do like about it. I think out with Trevor Lawrence, I think with ETN, and this is why I almost would build the offense and keep adding pieces, because I want to strike a little bit of fear in the rest of the AFC South. Sure. I want to say to you defensive coaches here, when you come out of this weekend, hey, put us up on the board yeah. and look at us on paper and go ahead and try to defend this. What are we even thinking here in Jacksonville? How are we going to use LaVisca Chenault? How are we going to use Travis Etienne? How good is Trevor Lawrence going to be all right? Those are sincere questions that the opposing teams that the Jags play, but especially in the AFC South, can now ask themselves. It's not a doormat anymore. Uh, now it's an offense that you might have to deal with. No, and absolutely. And we
2: talk about the wide receiver position. I get it. It's a very deep position right now. It's a sexy position. Um, I'm sure if the Jaguars address it in the second or third round, fans will love that a lot. I guess my question would be, though, You bring in Travis Etienne, and and like you kind of mentioned, alluded to a little bit, where he could do a lot of different things in the receiving game, right? Like, if you don't get that coveted tight end, like you're you're searching for, you know, Etienne can maybe fill that void a little bit out of some different types of formations. If you do address the wide receiver position second or third round, well, that shows that, hey, we we got a starting caliber guy. Who takes the back seat, then? Like, obviously Marvin Jones would be the starter. Obviously Mm -hmm. DJ Chark would be the favorite so now we're talking about, like, LaVisca Chenault taking a back seat a little bit? Because we saw a lot from him last year, and I think we liked what we saw from him. Like, who takes that back seat?
0: Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, someone's I mean, got to. You have to have a – you only have so many plays, right? Correct. I mean, you're going to get to, whatever, some close to 60 plays. Yeah. you're only going to pass half the time of them. Yeah. So it's a fair question. Yeah. Uh, but what you can run, and if we're asking the question, defenses are asking the question, sure. I think that's the point. Yeah. It's like, what are they going to look like? Yeah. You know and that's obviously the conversation we'll have once the draft is over, and as we maybe even get a chance to see them out on the practice field, or they start to take the practice field. But honestly, asked Trevor Lawrence today, "What are you guys going to look like?" He's like, "I don't even know on offense yet." <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, basically yeah. that's what he said. Yeah, uh, but they've got some pieces. Is yeah. the point, and I love the fact that now the rest of the AFC South has to game plan around some of those pieces. That's why I'm interested to see if they make one more move. Tight ends, obvious because they need it in the room. Yeah. Will they make one more move that surprises us on offense uh, from a playmaker standpoint? Right now, I'm betting against it, but it would be interesting if they do.
2: Well, let me ask you this. Would you be surprised in the second or third round to take
0: offensive line? I... Like, well... What... Would that be a surprise? Uh, 65, I could find themselves seeing okay. some value to do that. But, but the second
2: round, definitely a surprise.
0: I would think so, yeah. yeah. Because I think there's just too many positions right now, like we've been talking yeah. about. I know we come, we get, come back to get need. The, get the off-the-rails button ready, maybe, huh? Well, we come back to need. They sit yeah. here and talk about value, so I can sure. understand it in the third round. I just think there is some need-based stuff going on here. And the depth of the tackle position, the offensive line position, is strong enough to get one in the third or even maybe the fourth. Much, much more conversation coming up about... Well, this draft, here tonight, second round, third round, five more picks tomorrow, the rest of the NFL draft. What else surprised us in the first round? And uh, how good are some of these players going to be? We're back at the bank in just a few. ESPN 690 rolls on here on a Friday, heading into the weekend. Brent Martineau. But, man, when you hit, what is that button you used to hit, like the X button to, to accelerate? Austin Lane. I haven't played man in, like, ten years. Sorry, I'm, I'm sorry to let you down there. That was a major letdown. You know I mean... Sports Jacks on ESPN six ninety.
1: Uh, obviously played together for three years. There's a whole lot of memories, and he's made a ton of plays. Um, hate to say it in front of coach, but he had two plays against Ohio State that were pretty, <laughs> pretty that were pretty special. So had a little dump pass to him, and then threw a screen to it went like 50 yards, so he's just special, uh, not not only as a player but as a person, so I'm just really glad I get to have a former teammate come along with me on this new journey, not expecting it at all, and then we had just, we had been celebrating and hanging out and taking pictures and doing everything, so we're, we're, we weren't even really watching the draft, and then we knew. We were picking at 25, so I started watching around 20. I had no idea who we were going to take, and then I got a text right before it went on TV, we were picking Travis, so I was like, I didn't even know we were going to take a running back. It was it was awesome.
0: That is Trevor Lawrence today as he was introduced right here in Jacksonville. We just heard he has left the building. I actually saw a picture uh, someone I know that knows Trevor pretty well. Okay. Sent me a picture of... Him in the locker room, fully uniformed, I showed you. The nice. How look, Brent? It's going to be, right? You look pretty good. I was interested. I don't right. know if that's for pictures or you just tried the uni on. That's a good call. Is that a common thing? That's a great call because I mean, we're we're a long ways away from the season opener.
2: So yeah. like as far as the media packages, you're fine right now. That's a good call. Maybe yeah. you just
0: want to put it all on. I maybe maybe just for sizing for yeah. like uh, the equipment guys. Yeah, who uh, knows? Maybe, here, maybe he's
2: coming out and throwing
0: some footballs. <laughs> nah, he just left. Are you, are you sure? Because uh, I mean, I can I
2: can drop my tight end skills real quick. <laughs> Make him right. think twice about Tim Tebow. Just saying. <laughs> just saying. Uh, Tebow
0: to Jacksonville.
2: Minus three hundred, by the way, right now in Vegas.
0: Well, I think it's about. The more and more we hear, it's like a done deal. Yeah. Uh, But I think they're just going to hold off until after the weekend. They don't want to steal the spotlight. Yeah. They obviously didn't leak it out of here. Somebody else leaked it and found it out because I don't think they wanted that out on draft day. And I'm telling you, this was something that I can't believe hadn't got out Mm -hmm. like six weeks ago. Yeah. Because it's been in the works for that long. Um, At least that's what we heard. And again, (laughs) you know, full disclosure. I would have reported it if we could have like fully found out but now in hindsight I mean we were hearing stuff for uh, the six weeks and and he had worked out and so now we're starting to hear it's a done deal and uh, just kind of waiting for the weekend to clear and even Trent Buke said well do yes he did work out he's trying out a tight posi- uh, tight end position is what he's looking into sure. and we'll talk more about it after the draft but let's take care of the draft first so it kind of indicated late last night that yeah it's happening yeah. What does it mean, by the way? I mean, what? how do you treat this? If you're Urban Meyer and the Jaguars, uh, we're in the city of Jacksonville. It's the Tebow name. Meyer and Tebow live next to each other. Yeah. How do you treat this if you're the brass, the owner, the players? It's an interesting dynamic because do we even know we can play tight end? Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, is this kind of the circus coming to town feel? Uh, which, by the way, Tebow is just being Tebow, but no, it comes it's nothing with to do him with sometimes.
2: Him, but it does follow him,
0: yes. and especially in the city, yeah. uh, is this kind of feel like a marketing whatever? I I don't know. Like, what? How are we viewing this? And what happens if Tebow does officially sign and it gets done and he's part of this football team at least for you know the foreseeable future? You know, it's in my in my
2: eyes at least. It's so hard to predict if he was to sign, what the reception would be. Because we were all around here for Tebow Mania. I was here my first game, you know, we played the Denver Broncos, and, like, he was on the bench, but, like, every, I mean, I saw so many Broncos. I thought I was at a away game. I'm like, this is what it's going to be like now in Jacksonville? Yes. Away games? Yes. You, that, was, that, was, that was the Tim Tebow effect, right? Um, he goes to play baseball, and the hype is there for a little bit, and then it kind of fizzles out a little bit. And, you know, and he has a, an okay minor league career and then chooses to walk away. But, like, during that minor league time, you know, he gradually, gradually, like, the just the intrigue, the hype, it all kind of went down. And now all of a sudden it's elevated once again with these reports saying that he's going to play tight end for the Jacksonville Jaguars. How do you handle it? What becomes of it? Once again, like, I I don't have that answer, but I will say this. I think in this city with Tim Tebow, it would create a – I don't want to say a rocket, but it it would create, like, excitement, I guess. Maybe enthusiasm. Enthusiasm brings media um, from the national level. So it would add to the already seems like kind of circus with, as as I look over here with a bunch of people taking pictures, um, it already adds a little bit, obviously, with Trevor Lawrence and Urban Meyer. And now you're adding more weight to that bar with Tim coming in. So it's just another wrinkle. I think Urban Meyer can obviously handle it because we're talking about a guy who Urban Meyer knows yeah. extremely well. They're practically neighbors, for crying out loud. Might be an E, you know, TV show <laughs> years to come. We'll see. So Urban Meyer can Part definitely handle it. Part of the Urban Meyer it. family podcast. For sure. For Team sure. Meyer
0: podcast. That's what it's called, yeah.
2: So Urban Meyer can definitely handle it. But the biggest question is, is it good for the locker room? And can the players handle it?
0: Yeah. And here's the thing about Tebow. Tebow. In the minor leagues, in professional baseball, they raved about him as a teammate. Yeah. Like, he did a great job of deflecting a lot of that stuff. Said, I'm just one of these guys. You know, I mean, I know i got to deal with all this stuff on the outside, but... Uh, he uh, word is he did a great job of that. Yeah. If you if you listen to teammates, there are none, no stories coming out. So Which
2: that's, he that's, had every right to be like, I'm taking my
0: own plane wherever <laughs> I want to go. You know what I'm saying? The
2: bus. the bus? Yeah, I don't get on the bu- give me the back seat at least, and maybe we're talking. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like and, yeah, and he
0: probably bought dinner a few times for those guys. <laughs> I'm right? sure he did. But I think. So internally, while some of us will say, well, how's the locker room going to feel about this? Tim Tebow, neighbors with Urban Meyer, played for him at Florida. That seems like you're playing favorites or whatever. I don't think that's going to be as much of an issue as we might make it on the outside or if you have that perception of something that works here like that. Because I think he's a good teammate. I think he knows how to handle the situations. I think he's going to make that transition easy. I think I'm more just curious if this does happen, which it looks like it's trending that way. What happens when you got to cut him? What's what happens when like? you're not? If, if I he's if he's not good enough, like what happens? Like th- that's interesting. Uh, no Thanksgiving uh, in Glenn Kern. I mean, what, what? <laughs> once again, this is why it's got to be a
2: reality TV show on the E Network, Brent. Like if that cut day comes, can you imagine the ratings? I tune in for that. I mean, we watch Hard Knocks for what? Sometimes we watch Hard Knocks for players to get cut. It's yeah. intriguing television. You know, I, I'm not sure what would happen, but once again, and and I can't echo this enough, and I talked about it at Nauseam yesterday, but I'm going to bring it up again. You know, I wonder with Tim Tebow if there's a theory that, yes, he's playing the tight end position, but also we can give him some gadgets and he can be like the Taysom Hill yeah, yeah. from from the New Orleans Saints. You know, like I wonder if Urban Meyer kind of has that in his mind a little bit, because let's keep in mind, drafting, drafting Travis Etienne in the first round, it shows that you want to be like, dynamic and different. I always talk about it. In the draft sometimes, you think outside the box. ETN, that's outside the box thinking. I think if you were to bring Tim Tebow back, I mean, number one, that's outside the box thinking already. But then when you put him in a position where, okay, obviously playing tight end like you want, like he said he's going to, but maybe the backup quarterback role like the gadget guy as well, well, now you've got a lot going on. And you know how I felt about it. I, I talked about it yesterday. I don't got to repeat myself. I wouldn't be the most excited for that. Because once again, in New Orleans when you had Drew Brees, he was on the back nine of his career. And keep in mind, Drew Brees is not mobile by any means. Now, he shook me out once towards his end zone right here, and that was my own doing, not Drew Brees' doing. I will never give him the satisfaction. I also sacked him later that day, so we're even. That's what Drew Brees is bringing to the table. Trevor Lawrence is mobile. He can be that run threat. Defensive lines have to respect his mobility. So, to me, if you bring Tim Tebow in, in a position where he can back up Trevor Lawrence and come in every once in a while, I just don't like going down that road.
0: I just tweeted real quick, though. It is, if you're an offensive play caller and you think about the Taysom Hill role, I don't know if it's going to be, it would be exact, but just yeah. think about a couple of wrinkles like that. Yeah. And you have Chenault, who already, to me, is a, is one of the most unique players this organization has ever had. Yeah. Ever had. Yeah. I think he might be the most unique. Yeah. And now you have ETN, who I think is going to be heavily involved in the passing game. I see him all over the place on this offense, however they want to use him. Not just sitting there in the backfield along with James Robinson. Part of it, but not the only part of it. And so if you're a play caller yeah. and you look at those three guys and, and just say they were on the roster, mm-hmm. uh, even if it's for a preseason game, it would be fun to dial up a play or two. I I mean, it feels like there's a Madden play involved somewhere along the way where Chenault, Tebow, and ETN (laughs) could have some fun.
2: No, no, no. And I hear you, man. And, like, is it exciting? Yes. Would it be trending on Twitter? (laughs) Probably. But what are we talking about, though? Like, we just got done for the past couple of months stating how Trevor Lawrence could be, you know, the greatest thing since Andrew Luck, right? Where this guy's going to come in and turn everything around. So then why would I have to watch Trevor Lawrence run off the field for a couple of plays so Tim Tebow can take that spot? I just get the sense that, once again, unlike Drew Brees, who wasn't a versatile quarterback, who wasn't a mobile quarterback, I just feel like Trevor Lawrence can do it all. That's why he went number one overall, and guess what? He's young, so there's no injury concerns. So keep him out there. You brought him in to be a starting quarterback of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Let him be that guy
0: we had a sprinkler or two here at the stadium and it kind of felt nice because yeah. that sun beaming the last couple of days yes. has been beautiful but it's also been hot out here in the afternoon. Travis CTN was just out Oh, up that's there it, in the that club. what's going on. Okay. Yeah, gotcha. so he was out in the club taking cool. some pictures. Cool. Uh Travis CTN here about an hour after uh Trevor Lawrence arrived and Trevor Lawrence is now gone and and yeah. uh, now what? With yeah. Trevor Lawrence and and trying to find a house and where to live and now get acclimated to Jacksonville inside this stadium and the, the little parade part of this is probably over for the time being for Trevor Lawrence, and now it's time to get to work.
2: I think he said Monday he's going to come in and, and get to work right away. Yeah, yeah. and
0: uh, so how, how quickly he can, you know, endear himself to, the, to his teammates is yeah. interesting to me. We won't know that. We won't see that. And how much he can even do during this process. Some of it's virtual. It's obviously the offseason conditioning. Yeah. When that takes, It might not be until the middle of August, sure. until what I just said comes to fruition. But I think that's kind of the next phase. Is that fair enough? Obviously, he's got to learn the playbook. Yeah. He's got to do those things. He's got to still continue to get healthy yeah. and get back to full strength with the non-throwing shoulder. But well, once all that goes down, I would say I'm, I'm most interested in... In how his teammates respond to him and how quickly they kind of put their arms around him, we talked to Josh that, Allen, DJ Chark yeah. yesterday, and they that, tell that's, that's already, already happening. happening oh right? yeah,
2: I yeah. mean whether that's group text messaging, whether it's you know being around the stadium, which a lot of guys I believe are, um, yeah, th- that's already happening. Now once again, you still got to earn your stripes in the practice field and, and then during the games, but like they're already starting that process as well. And like you said, I mean once that. Shoulders so back to 100, percent then he can kind of you know take the uh, take the chains off and turn everything loose. I am worried about his actually his throwing hand though too in terms of tendonitis because the guy is signing so many endorsement deals it seems like <laughs> where it begs the question. Hey, Trevor Lawrence, hopefully it's like over like online we just click a button and it signs your signature automatically because the guy is signing paycheck after paycheck after paycheck.
0: I don't know if I should be saying what's next for Trevor Lawrence or kind of like what's next for us. Yeah, how do we stop talking about the lead up? To the draft, It was an interesting pivot last night. It was like, this place is electric, electric. Here it comes. The ball's dropping. Happy New Year. Happy yeah. Trevor Day. Yeah. And then, okay, now what? Well, well, good thing there was a 25th pick, I guess. Yeah, no,
2: for <laughs> sure. But the, depending how, you know, tonight goes, though, as well, like, I'll be honest. Like, last night, I was a little nervous, even for the number one pick. I knew Trevor Lawrence was coming here, but you still got those nerves, you know. You can't wait to see him. And then 25th, I mean, listen, it was like 11 o'clock at night. I'm still wide awake. Got to get some sleep. Get up early in the morning. But I'm still... You know, why Because I want to see who the 25th pick's going to be. I was nervous about that. Why do I feel a lot more nervous tonight?
0: That's interesting.
2: That I did the first night. Because I, I thought I had a good idea of what was going to happen last night. ETN was a surprise to me. But once again, I understand Urban Meyer's side of it. I see the odds right now in Vegas, Brent, cornerback, you know, the, the top guy. I'm nervous for that. I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm nervous for that.
0: You're not going to like it if they take Cullen. I'm not going to like you it. You already know that.
2: And, and, and then i got to deal with Joe Cullen, you know, probably yelling at me when <laughs> I say I don't like it. So I can't wait for that experience.
0: I told you we did see Joe Cullen yeah. yesterday. Urban Meyer was funny. He came on our show, uh, our specials that we had. We had a really good time last night on TV. Thanks to all our TV crew for putting that on a uh, heck of a day in TV land. But it was really fun. And Urban Meyer joined us uh, in our special at 7 o'clock. And I said, now, hey. We don't need any surprises with this number one pick. He's like, ratings would go way up. <laughs> he he <laughs> understands guy, the business. He's savvy. He <laughs> understands the business. He understands what's I going like on. I like it. But it was right then I was like, all right, they're yeah. not surprising anybody. Yeah, we yeah. already knew it, but thanks for confirming. Yeah. He even had fun uh, with that question. We'll be back. Action Sports shacks on ESPN 690. We're live at TIA Bank Field. Jags Fever continues here on a Friday in the River City.
1: I think there's a great difference between motivation and inspiration, and motivation is unsustainable and not, not for long. Inspiration is, and, and there's two elements of inspiration: that's love and ownership. And when people own things, my experiences are, you're really good. It means it's yours. You know, we want uh, people, including, you know, I think everybody that steps foot in this facility that works here, they need to own this. They need to own the Jaguar emblem. If they don't, they need to leave. That's it's the same uh, approach we're going to take with our players. You know, this is not a one-stop. We're going to rent the place for a few months and move on because those that doesn't go well. So the sense of ownership is I expect Travis, I expect Trevor to own the Jaguars. What's that mean? It's theirs. I take great pride in, in what this organization will stand for as we move forward. So that's what it means. And that's, that's from our video staff to coaching staff to players. Everybody's going to own this.
0: Well, it took a few months, but we figured it out. For urban Meyer yeah it's hashtag own it it's yep. Duval and the 904
2: yeah I'm not gonna lie that press conference when he said that I was like okay let's delete every bad thing I said about this organization because I don't want it to come across bad as urban Meyer and then I can't be here anymore because he made it sound like if you're uh whether you're a player whether you're an employee here if you're not buying in respecting the shield respecting the Jaguars logo you're gone
0: and Trevor Lawrence by the way sooner or later might be able to own it Because uh, all these endorsement deals Plus a $34.5 million rookie contract That uh, he is about to get As the quarterback of the Jacksonville Jaguars He is going to make a ton of money in his career, isn't he?
2: I feel bad for the comma button on his accountant's computer Because you're hitting that button a lot you know, it's gonna to the point where it's gonna wear out. Um, yeah, I think the sky's the limit for Trevor Lawrence. What I like about it though is he doesn't get to see. He doesn't seem too intertwined with all the endorsements and things like that, yeah. right? Like you, you hire people for that, obviously, and and most of the times that's the case. But you get the sense with Trevor Lawrence, he's only focused
0: on one thing, and
2: that's getting better, getting accustomed to living in Jacksonville, being a Jaguar, moving on. From but he's there.
0: cooler in that department as well. He's a small town kid. Small town mm-hmm. guys don't seemingly have like that cool marketing flair to them no do they look at me brent I mean,
2: abs- <laughs> how many endorsements do i have right now zero endorsements would be the answer for that <laughs> yeah so yeah i have a flair for that absolutely uh, i
0: mean i have a few more uh a Rhode Island back, guy. back
2: to so. back to back to back brent martineau's during the commercial breaks so hope you guys enjoy it i know i do <laughs>
0: as you should yeah well, all the time Steven i love right it now, action sports shacks on espn 690 what's happening man hope you enjoyed the draft last night oh hey guys how you doing Good. What you got? Well,
2: I got a, uh, i got a question, uh, and sorry, I had to pick up the phone. I put it down for a second, uh, but no, uh, I have a question about the
0: draft with uh, ETN. Like all the social media and everything, everybody was kind of disappointed, or I guess in a way, maybe a little bit angry, just given the fact that you know. James Robinson with all the work he put in last year to think maybe he might be replaced or whatever. But after some time thinking about it, a lot of people made the comparison to Mark Ingram, Alvin Kamara, or even a Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. I mean, do
2: you guys really think they might go around with that direction, kind of switching
0: in and out to not make James just, you know, uh, a workhorse like he was last year? Yeah, thanks, Steve. Appreciate the call, man. Uh go ahead I, I listen I like everybody talking about that as well I don't understand I don't think many as many people are angry about it as as kind of some of Twitter says. I, I was here. I thought it was pretty well received here. I, I think you can find people like, why did they do that? But I don't know if they're angry about it. I, I, I think you can make some sense with it. Again, I think it's not just a running back. This isn't a backfield guy only. This is a guy who's going to definitely compliment James Robinson. This is not a knock and indictment against James Robinson. I think they still love James Robinson. I just think this is a different style, and this backfield needed a different style.
2: It did need a different style, but at the same time, like when I watched that pick you know, come through the Pipeline, I was a little disappointed because I went back to the adjective of luxury. Like to me, Travis Etienne, that was a luxury pick because once again, you had James Robinson already. And when we, t- when we talk in terms of luxury, well, the last luxury pick that I can think of was Taven brian And we know how that all worked out. Now, completely different players, completely different positions, but it still echoed in my head a little bit. To answer Stephen's question, and we talked about it a little bit earlier on the show. There definitely is an Alvin Kamara, uh, Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram um, comparison, as, as there should be. But like, you know, with Alvin Kamara, especially when he first started out, like he was the true third-down back, and, and that's what he brought to the table. Now he, he could still run the ball. Don't give it. Don't get it twisted. But he was, was used uh, solely in the receiving game. I feel like with ETN, like yes, he's a he's a receiving back um, and a third-down back first and foremost, as Urban Meyer alluded to. But you get the sense that this guy can take on a workload. Now I get it. He he's got a lot of wear on those tires from college. He was asked to do a lot, but so was Derrick Henry and Derrick Henry's thriving in the NFL. So I'm not worried about having, you know, the tread on the tires still. I just think that ETN is a guy where I think the more the, the more carries you give him, the better he does. It's just it's the question of can they find the happy medium of giving James Robinson his carries and you know, and Travis E. T. N his carries as well, because what it comes down to, Brent is you lucked out with James Robinson. Like, teams are always trying to find the next running back, and sometimes teams take him in the first round, and it is what it is. But you lucked out on an undrafted free agent out of Illinois State in James Robinson. Now you're going to parlay that luck, with a first-round pick in Travis Etienne.
0: Yeah, and so luxury does come into play here a little bit. I think it's a numbers game. I think it's trying to get the advantage over the defense, and I think the more you look at offenses around the league, Kansas City is obviously the prime example, but Buffalo, what they've evolved into, Baltimore when they were really good a couple of years ago, New Orleans over the years, and even adding the Taysom Hills and obviously the Camaras and some of the receivers that they had, and they wanted to go get more receivers. The Rams, I think they used the Rams as an example because I do think they have a lot of different style guys that go into the mix but they don't necessarily lean on one all the time especially as Gurley started to decline I look at those kind of teams and now you look at Atlanta they have Kyle Pitts if they keep Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley you know and Matt Ryan I mean so you look at these teams that just keep accumulating offensive talent and offensive talent and it feels less like we need one playmaker Mm -hmm. and more like Let's spread the ball around so we can create matchups, essentially. If we have all these guys, you can't defend them all. So if we pick the right read, the right play at the right time, we're winning the play because you just can't defend it. We have out-leveraged you, basically.
2: You're not wrong there. And, and you know what? This is the league of offense now. Um, that's where we're at, and I accept that. At the same time, though, I'm going to say this: Are the Jaguars close to a Super Bowl? Not even close quite yet. It's going to take some time, it's going to take some rebuilding. The high-powered offense, that will get you to the dance. And by the dance, I'm in mean the playoffs. Now to actually win games, win meaningful games, um, you know, in January, February, whatever the case may be, and to go to a Super Bowl, that's where that defense comes into play. We see it every single year.
0: Why is it raining? The I have no is idea. On. What is going on, Mike Borish? This is, like, and the sprinklers and are on, too. the sprinklers too. are on. Because, you know, Shaquan doesn't care. Is, it, is, that really, hey, is that really the sprinklers wait, that are hey, just bouncing back It at? might
2: be the sprinklers, man. But, <laughs> hey, you better believe it. Hey, when you when you can afford staying to come to AEW. You can afford sprinklers on your field even when it's raining. Honestly, I love the
0: flex. Honestly, it's so nice out and it's been so warm out. I kind of like it.
2: Sprinklers <laughs> going crazy right now. It's pouring rain outside. Believe I've already
0: sprung through news. the suits and the shirts and already stink. I don't care. <laughs> it's like a shower. It's <laughs> beautiful. Like a real one.
2: Oh, man. Hey,
0: uh, when we come back my interview with Trevor Lawrence earlier yeah. today. We'll play that, what he had to say, more on Trevor, more on the Jags tonight, more on what's going to go down in the NFL draft tonight. It's going to be a busy weekend, but a fun one around here in Jacksonville. Football at 5, coming up, Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690.